a podcast about the overlooked, forgotten, and underground tales of San Francisco. This is Sorted SF. Welcome back to what I believe is episode five, season two of Sorted SF. Woo! Um, so I'm here, joined again with sound engineer Sean. Hi. He's back. These are just much more fun to do with others. So I'm back. He's back. Baby's got back. Baby has so much back. Um, it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, they're just more fun to do with other people. Um. So I just don't have to talk to myself. I've noticed that you thrive having a, a sounding board that talks back instead of just a sounding board that sits there and looks at you. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit more fun. Yeah. So today I'm going to tell you this story, and I bet you don't know this one. And if you do, lie. Um, Wait, let me guess. This is a story about a girl who cried. Sorry. She did cry. Are we going to get uh, copyrighted for that? Only if I put the song in there. This is the. So I'm going to tell you the story of the cable car nymphomaniac. Okay. Some questions right off the bat. I'm ready. Was this cable car one of the ones that was on actual cables, or is this one of the ones that you rent to drive around the city? It's a true cable car. Mm, loud. Love that. <laughs> Sources for this story are. SF Gate and this obviously super legitimate site called WeirdUniverse.net. Our story begins in the fall of 1964 in Michigan. Gloria Sykes, born to a devout Lutheran family, was the oldest of seven children, and her strict parents had, quote, not too much love left over for the kids. So, sounds fun. Sounds like they had kids late, maybe didn't want to have them at all. And then had seven. Oh, <laughs> ew. Our ew. Both. Yeah. Yeah, both. She was a good student and earned admission to University of Michigan, where she dated and enjoyed college life like any ordinary 20-something. So fall of 64, she had moved to SF and right out the gate made SF her home. She lived at the Stratford Hotel right on Powell, which kind of backs up to like Macy's on Union Square. Uh, since she was on Powell, obviously she had access to that cable car that's right there. And that was her go-to form of transportation. But that being said, I'm not sure how much she needed to use it because her job was right next door at a franchise of the Fred Astaire Dance Studio. Oh, I mean, you know, moving to San Francisco, who doesn't want to, you know, do all the tourist traps? Right, and just live, live there. Also, live in a trap. My apologies for the uh, traffic sounds. Uh, there's a lot of people with large or loud motors in the world, and uh, they're horrible people. That's true. So, sorry. So, two weeks into her new life in California... She went for a cable car ride after dinner at Fisherman's Wharf. So she was like taking it back up to get back to her house mm-hmm. on Powell. The cable car was climbing up Chestnut when the grip lost hold of the underground cable. The car became, began rolling backwards, causing the passengers to obviously lose their fucking minds and try and jump off. 36 people were on board. 16 were able to jump off as soon as they realized something was wrong. That left about 20 people, including Gloria. Quote from Gloria, I kept yelling, don't panic, don't panic, but no one was listening, Gloria told the SF examiner the day after the accident. I would be horrendously annoyed if there was something happening and then I have somebody in my ear going, don't panic, don't panic, don't panic, 
Yeah, because like, fuck off, I'm going to panic. Yeah, let me, let live. me do what I want. I'm an adult. <laughs> let me panic, damn it. Another quote. It reminded me of being in a submarine that was starting to sink and you couldn't get out. And like, I don't know how many submarines she submerged in during her life in Michigan or if she went on many submarine trips in her two weeks in San Francisco, but like whatever, real weird metaphor, but whatever works for you, Gloria. She was recalling something from a past life. It's a thing. I've Googled it. (laughs) As the runaway cable car rolled downhill towards the bay, an automatic locking mechanism was triggered, violently jolting the car to a stop. Passengers slammed into seats and tumbled out onto the streets. It felt like we hit an embankment, Gloria said. I don't remember anything like it. I put a dent in a steel pole, she added. Gloria, along with eight others, were taken to the hospital. She was treated for a head injury and released. I was about the only one who was calm during it all, she said. But afterwards, I went into hysterics. She was so calm, telling people to panic. Maybe she was a little tipsy. Very cool, Gloria. Very cool. (laughs) (laughs) What else happened? She's not like other girls. I put a dent in a steel pole. (laughs) It was my head, the doctors say. (laughs) The next year... Gloria filed a lawsuit against the municipal railway asking for $36,000 in damages on account of her injuries. However, her lawsuit, as they tend to do, got tied up in the legal system and remained unsettled. So then in March 1970, six years after the incident, Gloria sued the city of San Francisco and Muni demanding half a million dollars in damages for, as the examiner put it, an insatiable desire an insatiable desire for sex since being injured. Now, I don't want to seem crass here, but what did Gloria look like? (laughs) Um, She was young and blonde. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's all I need to hear. Thank you. (laughs) Anytime. The extreme desire for intercourse, which could be sparked by the mere meeting of eyes while passing on the street, was ruining her life, Gloria's lawyer Marvin Lewis told the press. It was obviously an instant media sensation. She was referred to in headlines as the nymphomaniac and daily coverage of the trial dogged her so badly she stopped going to court altogether. Headline writers came up with bad but incredible puns to describe it all, such as sex transit Gloria and a streetcar blamed desire. (laughs) It's good, right? That's a good one. They can can have that one, but I'm not going to laugh at it. I will. Uh, No, I feel terrible for her. The trial was a parade of sex shaming, the likes of which the city had rarely seen and hasn't seen really since. The names of dozens of men who she had relationships were read into the record, seemingly for no other purpose than giving like gossip. So these guys like testified like they showed up in court and they go, yeah, no, she's a fucking freak. Like, I, I this think is not it, normal. I think it was more like the lawyer asked for names from Gloria, like, who's who did you sleep with? Like, we need to stress how many guys you've slept with. I guess with her argument, that's necessary, but it just, it seems kind of wild, you know, using your body count as a, uh, as a tool to win a case. Well, it's just also fucking, I don't want to say poor men, but like these poor guys who were just dragged into this, just like all they wanted to do was bang some girl. And now their name's out there and everyone knows they banged this girl. Yeah. I mean, better than a kid. It's like a frat house where I, they write it on walls and stuff. Were you about to say I? No. <laughs> You're about to say I. No. <laughs> gross. That's no. okay. We can cut that. <laughs> 
We like barely had frats in my college. All it takes is one. <laughs> Gross. Time. <laughs> An IBM engineer in San Jose joked on the stand that he tried to sleep with her a few years prior, but she only agreed to take him up on the offer after the accident. Despite the fact he described her as distressed, highly emotional, and lonely, he still slept with her. I mean, I feel like that's what most creeps look for yeah, in people. Totally. A former employee said he fired Gloria after three months, cruelly calling her a dingling under oath. And the lawyers from the city blamed Gloria's obsession on the fact that she began taking birth control pills. And that is the decision that led to promiscuity and unnatural sex drives. So that was kind of the defense. I mean, you know, you're not in her shoes. So who's to say what caused it? Yeah. Maybe it was smashing her head into a metal pole. (laughs) Maybe it was Maybelline. Maybe it was a tumor. Maybe she was just bored. Maybe she was trying to make some money and trying to have some fun trying to make that money. Whatever she has to do, right? Get your bag, girl. Get your bag. Uh, The story from Gloria's camp was much darker. Several doctors and psychiatrists who treated her said that she showed signs of traumatic neurosis, which today would just be called PTSD. Lewis, her lawyer, described how Gloria chose partners at random quote, when the vibrations were right. Her desire could be sparked, like I said earlier, by the mere meeting of eyes while passing on the street. In the past year alone, she had slept with over 100 men. And recently, her cravings for physical contact had began to extend to other women. I mean, you live in San Francisco long enough, you know. However, said Lewis, these cravings had not been a source of pleasure for her. Instead, it had turned her life into a nightmare. Once Trim figured, she had gained 20 pounds. She had contracted VD, which she was able to cure. Which one? I don't, it didn't say. Well, if it was curable, it's like two. Yeah. She had contracted VD, cured it, had an abortion, and also attempted suicide. So girl wasn't doing great. She was struggling. I feel like with the suicide attempt, you know, you could have bypassed this whole, you know, sex side of things. And you could have been like, yeah, I've been horribly depressed since the accident's left me with PTSD. Well, funny you should say that. I'll get to that in a second. But in addition to all that, she'd become a hypochondriac and she claimed to have heart, lung, kidney and back problems. And all these problems made it difficult for her to keep a steady job. It was unclear if these issues were psychosomatic, though. Lewis told Lewis is the lawyer. Lewis told the jury Gloria struggled to deal with the impact of being allegedly physically and sexually abused as a child. Her many sexual encounters made her loathe herself. Quote, I feel like a garbage pail, she wrote in her diary. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've all been there. We've all felt like garbage pails, you know. I felt like a plastic bag floating in the wind. So, so she feels like a garbage pail. Yeah. And this is, uh, this is all in court records. This is all court records. Yeah, they read her diary, just like the office and the deposition. They read her diary that says, I feel like a garbage pail. I don't know how that's legal. I guess whatever to win. Don't keep a diary. Yeah, that's how they always catch you. But that's also what keeps you from, I don't know. I used to keep a diary. And then I left it on a plane in eighth grade when I was going to, or summer before freshman year. It had like all of my K crushes and all my stupid emotions. And it was probably some really fun reading for whichever flight, atta- a flight attendant found it. That's horrifying. And I bet they didn't read it. It was a Harry Potter diary. I bet they didn't read it. <laughs> I hope not. Do you remember that song that goes, she fucking hates me. Yeah, Puddle of Mud. Puddle of Mud. I sing that song to myself a lot about myself. That's the shit I'd write in my diary. 
That song plays in my head anytime I do something stupid and you make fun of me for it. <laughs> and now I'm going crazy. Uh, uh, so Gloria feels like a garbage pail. She wrote it in her diary when her lawyer asked her on the stand, quote, do you think there's anything left to live for? She shook her head no. So girl was sad. Uh, one of the first to testify was a longtime female friend of Gloria who described how before the accident she had been a religious, upright girl, but afterwards had began to have one affair after another. Which, I think that's just what happens. She was in Michigan, fucking bored out of her mind, moved to a cool-ass city, and was like, oh, sex is cool. Yeah, I mean, as somebody that's never left San Francisco, <laughs> you know, Loser. that. Who's gotten laid more? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. We'll never know. <laughs> but it's me. Uh,. The friend noted that she had once asked Gloria how she managed to meet so many men, and Gloria had responded, quote, It's easy. You just go up and talk. It's that easy. <laughs> Sometimes they come up to you and talk. As somebody that worked in the cast show for a while, if you want to meet a guy, it's painfully easy. Yeah, I mean, I accidentally went to that mixer like three days ago. Should we put this on the podcast? Should you say, should you, should you tell them about that? I don't care. Yeah. So Monica went to a Bumble event that was advertised as a woman's empowerment, you know, leadership kind of thing. And yeah, uh, it was, I thought it was going to be like a women marketing thing partnered with Bumble BFF, but it was partnered with Bumble for love. And then my friend and I are just there getting hit on and it was terrible. Not because I don't enjoy getting hit on, but <laughs> yeah, something tells me that there was a. Uh, like they knew what they were doing. I guess so. Yeah, they had me download the app. We had to create our profiles like right there in front of them before they let us in. Then they scanned the app and now we're on the freaking marketing lists and stuff. What I'm curious about is in the half an hour that you had a Bumble account, <laughs> how many messages did you get? None. I didn't swipe and I just signed up for Bumble BFF. Oh, that's right. You have to swipe in order for... Yeah. But it's I think like... with Bumble, you only get like 12 swipes a day or something hmm. because they want to keep your matches... Or you only are allowed to match with 12 people a day or swipe on 12, swipe yes on 12 people a day because they want you to like not just it be a numbers game and like actually want to match with those people kind of thing. Yeah. I did have a Bumble at one point. So Cable Car Nymphomaniac would have had a tough time on Bumble and would have probably had. She would have been a Tinder girly. Would have been a Tinder girl for sure. She would have been a, Gloria would have loved Tinder. But I mean, she didn't need help. Yeah, that's you know, what she, dating you know, after something four, tells right? me she would have been like Tinder major, okay, Cupid minor kind of person. <laughs> well, it gets a bit sadder. The story. Oh God. Um, the friend also revealed that Gloria had kept this diary detailing all of her sexual encounters. Despite this diary, Gloria often couldn't remember the last names, quote, and sometimes even the first names of her partners. That happens. You know, it's fine not to remember someone's name. Yeah. My mom's told me that. <laughs> Can you imagine? That, just means they weren't memorable. <laughs> Your mom's really told you that? No. God, no. Mm. Well, you just said it. Could you imagine? Cindy. Um, Cindy. Getting it. Getting it. 
Deputy City Attorney William Taylor represented Muni. From the start, he repeatedly dismissed everything as an unbelievable idea that a cable car accident could turn a woman into an info. It sounds far-fetched, to be honest. To undermine her case, he made three arguments. First, he suggested that her nymphomania was caused not by the accident, but rather the birth control. Uh, The use of birth control pills, Taylor declared, could cause promiscuity and unnatural sex drives. I mean, it does fuck with your hormones. That's that's what went through my head, too. I've heard, you know, I have, you know, I've heard a lot of stuff and witnessed things firsthand, you know, being in relationships and stuff. Um, Most of the time, actually... Um, regardless of if they take birth control and stuff, uh, about a month in the sex drive is gone. The magic's gone. And, uh, that's just, that's a normal thing. <laughs> they for just most lose people. interest for you. Yeah. 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 You know what? It's they a, lose interest in you rather. Don't say the word in. It triggers me. <laughs> a second Taylor noted that Gloria had sexual affairs before the accident. Lewis, Gloria's lawyer, conceded this was true, but insisted that the episodes were few and the affairs were of the heart. Well, that's a tough thing, too, is like sex is such a private thing. How, you know, it seems it seems to me like this would be so easy to fabricate because, you know, you just start Mm -hmm. like, oh, you got this idea. You know, didn't she try and sue before? Yeah. One year for damages. Yeah. So that seems almost like, uh, you know. How do I elevate this into a, into a bigger thing than just my injuries? Right. Well, and it's also, it's kind of a dirty tactic too, though, of the defense um, attorney to be like, well, she had had sex before, so it's fine. Like, but at the same time, you know, the defense's job is to Of course, poke someone, holes, pork holes. Yeah. And well, I mean, he was just defending the city who obviously has enough money. Poke holes in this situation. <laughs> Glory holes. <laughs> Gloria holes? Gloria Holes. Oh, my God. Is that where the name comes from? (laughs) Definitely not, but I love the theory. Cock-sized holes all over SF's public transit. Mm, The dream. That's why Bart has glass doors now. Finally, his third idea was he brought in psychiatrist Dr. Knox Finley, which that name doesn't sound real. Yeah, that sounds like made up. That sounds like a... Tobogus, Mantis Toboggan. That's like, yeah, Mantis Tobogus or Tobias Funke, Mrs. <laughs> Featherbottom. Yep, yep, exactly. It's in that, it's in that line of questioning. <laughs> uh, so Dr. Knox Finley testified that Gloria could have developed nymphomania without ever having been in the accident. He suggested that in her mind, the accident had become a symbol on which she blamed every difficulty in life. That's a big thing, though, because... You know, you experience a traumatic event and it serves as a placeholder in time. Like it marks. Right. This you know, is when shit went downhill. I'll, I'll be real with you. Um, like there's a lot that I attribute to like when I when I broke my shoulder rock climbing. Like there's mm. so much. I stopped working out because of that. I was in a sling for a year and a half. I got way worse at skating. You know, I had a lot of things coincide with that. I was out of work for a year. So there's so much that like changes when you go through something okay. like that. You know, it's easy to start blaming certain things on that on that event, you know, that honestly had nothing to do with it. Right. You know, like me having a, you know, there, there's definitely stuff like, you know, me being depressed did not come from my shoulder. It was always there. I just <laughs> was. I just you had found certain, a tangible. Yeah. At a certain, I, you on. know, I was like, well, I wouldn't, you know, and, you know, it's like it's not that, you know, you wouldn't have like unearthed a depression. It just happened faster because, right. you know, because yeah. you. Had, it had so much change happen. It was like a catalyst. 
So I, t- I totally see where she's coming from. and Well, where he's coming from. Saying yeah, the defense. Did, Sorry yeah. to decide with the defense. I always try and support a woman, but this, this is a tough one. Uh, she, it finally came time for her to testify, and she did for two and a half days um, in a standing room only crowd, obviously. Her testimony was weird. In response to a question from her lawyer about whether she thought the crash had given her an irrepressible sexual urge, she said, Mr. Lewis, I find it very difficult to believe that there's a connection between my cable car feelings and the sex urge. I don't know what did it. A lot of things that all worked together. You know, so that's her in court. She's going through almost like the, um, you know, the, classic, um, the classic hero origin story. You know, uh, <laughs> you my know. parents died and I got bit by a spider. Exactly. I was, I was in an accident. I hit my head and I gained this superpower over dick. <laughs> a girl. And so what she had said on, um, on record on the stand mirrored pretrial statements she had made to reporters in which she had expressed uneasiness about the Nympho label, which, like, obviously, who's not going to try and distance themselves This summer, coming from Marvel Studios, <laughs> Cable Car Nympho. <laughs> Sold. 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, for instance, she had said, I'm not a nymphomaniac. After all I've been through, I just needed a lot of affection, reassurance, and security. And most men are not affectionate until you become involved with them. That's I'm like, damn. So true. Like, girl, you just said it. That makes a lot of fucking sense. And so it's like, while the cable car didn't cause her, the accident didn't cause her to become a nymphomaniac, it unearthed. Or it caused trauma that resulted in a need for more speed. security. Sorry. Speed? <laughs> need for speed. Good one. Honestly, if she became a drug addict, like, that's probably, you know. That was the other option, right? Yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, those pi- are the two ways to deal with trauma. Yeah. Pioneer San Francisco's meth scene. Yeah. <laughs> that's a story for another day. She- another pod. She also had said, I feel so bad about this whole thing. I know how this must be hurting my family, but this emphasis on sex is all wrong. The comment suggests that the legal strategy of focusing on her supposed nymphomania may primarily have been her lawyer's idea. And Gloria, like, reluctantly went along with it. I could definitely see that. I mean... Lawyers are weird. I... Not even a weird thing, but just, like, something, you know, this is this is a case of, like you know grasping at straws anything to you know hammer home the fact that she had that this event was more than just an injury but life-changing yeah like altered personality kind of thing you know and this is a this is probably what when did this take place again 64 yeah this is 70. way before they took i guess ma- the trial was in 70 i'm i can't imagine that ptsd or was even a phrase uttered right well i i mentioned it, it was called let me scroll back traumatic this- neurosis but, I mean, obviously no actual, like, educational resources Well, she's, on she's it. lucky that she didn't get thrown into an asylum for being, for, totally. you know, hysteria. Yeah, some Sylvia Plath shit. Absolutely. Like, you, you know, know. My mom didn't know who Sylvia Plath was. I don't know who Sylvia Plath is. <sighs> Sorry to be just like your mom. No wonder you're. <laughs> no wonder having... I love you so much. <laughs> no wonder you're, I'm your audio engineer. <laughs> uh, so... When it was all over, the jury of eight women and four men, which like, okay, interesting trial dynamics. Love good, it. Good. Yeah. The, defense, the defense crushed on that one. Uh, all awarded her 50 grand. 
in damages. Hell yeah. So she got 50 grand. She wanted 500, but well, she, she should have gotten, she, you know, that's probably how much, that's probably way more than she would have ended up with, you know, for damages. Totally. You I know, mean, with, it's kind of like, all right, can she get damages for the damage of the trial? I mean, with inflation too, like, you know, that was, <laughs> that was a decent amount of money. That's a decent amount of money. That's, totally. you know, that could have been a house back in those days. Could have not in San Francisco, but yeah, no. in the seventies In this, you said 60s. Oh, the trial's taking place in the 70s. Yeah. I mean, my grandparents... Where, bought, where's my phone? My grandparents bought their house in the 60s for uh, uh, $60,000. Yeah, and my parents bought their home in for the s- 80s for 600000 well, So, you know, if we take the, if we take the over-under here, it's like 3100 <laughs> That's not even the term. It's not over-under. I sound stupid. But right in between those, which would be the 70s, is like three hundred grand. You know, that's well, my parents bought theirs in the late 90s for 210. Really? Yeah. Sunset, what up? You should buy a house. Well, I can't. There's no houses cheaper than 90,900. Well, you can't because of the accident. <laughs> yeah. No, I need the accident. No, that's Let's get you, you know, insensitive. as somebody that's uh <laughs> As somebody that's been struck by uh, multiple muni-, muni vehicles, no, just one on paper. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got. He's I not got, joking. He was hit by a bus. So I broke. I broke my shoulder rock climbing. That you know, I discussed that earlier yeah. in the pod. Let's I got bring it home. The so I'm out of my sling for for after six months and you know six months of physical therapy. I'm back on my board for like two weeks and out of my sling. Accident happened in January. This is July fourth weekend. I think July 4th was on a Friday oh, that year. So you were um, drunk. Might have not. I was wasted. I was wasted. I was having a good time. I was finally skating around the city, bombing hills and stuff. And, you know, two weeks on your board after six months off is not a lot of time to relearn you're what you've very, missed. You're not very good. And so. And you weren't good to begin with, so. I was really good to begin with. You can <laughs> eat me. Um, I wasn't that good. But, you know, I could shred. You know, I had fun time. No tech tricks, but, you know. Anyways. I get clipped by a muni bus one night because I run a red light and I don't turn fast enough. <laughs> oh, it was all your fault. Get clipped, hit my head real hard, you know. And that's open, what caused my, the stupid. Open my eyes and I'm like, you know, under a fucking bumper of a parked car on a corner. And well, that's not my, the first time you've worked up and woken up in a gutter. Yeah, but usually it, it was a slut joke. I thought it was a drug joke. <laughs> Either. Both. <laughs> Both for sure. Uh, so they gave her $50,000. Um, uh, one of the female jurors cried when the ruling was being read. She told the media that she tried to convince her fellow jurors to give her at least $300,000. Quote, my conscience doesn't feel right. I think the girl has suffered a long time and should be cared for. Like, oh, that woman has grandkids. Yeah. I, at the same time, I'm still on, I still think $50,000 is, uh, I think so this is the problem. I think $300,000 would, you know, be worth it for having to go through what she went through with the trial. You know, that sucked, but you know, what she's supposed to be getting paid for is the damages from this accident. Right. I think. Well, 50, that's that, what I said, right? Just I like, can she collect on damages from the damages? Which like, obviously the, no, she that's can't. That's the thing but. too. It's like, you know, if that, if that were the case, then wouldn't Amber, that's Heard, when you'd wouldn't sue, Amber Heard and Johnny be back in court? Well, that's when you sue the publications. Did she? No. Why not? I don't know. I mean, maybe the precedent hadn't been set yet. Call her. <laughs> Gloria. Uh, so remarkably, Gloria stayed in the Bay Area. 
Uh, she married a 23-year-old man in San Francisco in 76, like just a couple years after the trial. Ooh. And state records show she lived in California well into the 80s. And someone tracked her down and she was in like an assisted living home in, I think, Michigan. So she married a younger guy. Yeah. Yeah. Hot. Whoa. That's... How nymphoey. That's hot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, there that blows a hole in your story. Gloria, right who are you? Okay. Cause, this bitch. Because a friend of mine is hooked up with a decent amount of older women. Do you mean you? Nope. Not me. I didn't say that. I said a friend of mine that I know really well. Um, <laughs> and <Noted>. he... <laughs> and uh, he has seen a correlation with um, older women and younger guys and their behavior in the bedroom. I think. Is it nymphoey? So dirty. <laughs> he says. <laughs> well, we'll have to get him on the pod. Yeah. What if he already has been on the pod? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, spooky. I'm going to start putting sound bites in here. I'm going to do one of the. <laughs> I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're going to do more sound bites. Um, yeah, is that it? Is that the story? That's the story of good old Glore. Sick. I think I, I think I gave you as much feedback as uh, I didn't give you all the feedback I have for it. I think fifty thousand dollars is um, I'm not going to say generous, but I'm going to say just. Yeah. Um, I think so. Well, she tried to sue for thirty six the first time. Exactly. So she, got she got more than four, she what's wanted. What's that math? Fourteen more. Fourteen k more is a car in the seventies. I mean. Don't argue me on that. That's two cars in the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. I think cars were like nine bucks then. So it was at least two cars. By buck, do you mean thousand? <laughs> it was a rack. What is that in Workaholics where Adam is like, yeah, how many racks for all the hot dogs? And then the hot dog vendor is like, how much is a rack? He's like, mm, Blake, <laughs> how much is a rack? I love that show. I know. It's so funny. Also great pod. I wonder how much it is to advertise your podcast on theirs. Oh, God. Probably so much. Um, I also just don't think they'd do it. Um, I think when we get back from our trips, you save your money for a sec and, and you buy advertisement on a, on a mid-range podcast. Like, seriously, throw 2000 at it. Damn. All right. Well, yeah. I just got to get those uh, stats up. So if you're listening to this... Like and subscribe. Do whatever you do on podcasts. Download episodes. That helps my numbers. Um, I was checking out my like a map of my stats and where the podcast has been downloaded. And it was much more impressive than I anticipated. I'm really proud of myself. I have listeners in India, the country. Yeah, just like all across the US and in Europe. No one in South. No, no one in the Southern Hemisphere, but it's fine. I've never been to the Southern Hemisphere anyway. Um, and I don't know how many people in like rural mountains and deserts and also Southern Hemisphere is just water um, other than those, you know, continents. So, yeah, long story short, download, subscribe, the comment. Biggest, the biggest thing is, you know, just just talk about the podcast, you know, podcast work on word of mouth and. It's you know, true. even bigger, if uh, if you know Monica personally, I'd say, you know, reach out with what you want to hear. Reach out with suggestions. Yeah, tell me stories. Come be my guest. You'll have to record in my sound engineer, Sean's bedroom, but that's fine. This is a studio. Uh, yeah. That's not a bed. It's a bass trap. <laughs> but yeah, he makes it nice and we'll have wine and you can be my guest and we can chat about weird shit and you can tell your own stories and, because I want to hear them. 
Why don't you plug the Insta right now so they know where to find you? At Sorted SF. That is S O R D I D S F on Instagram. On Instagram. Uh, and I don't have a website because the people who have sortedsf.com won't sell it to me. So that's where we're at. Anyway, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the story of the cable car nympho. And um, I guess just the daily reminder that uh, sluts are cool. All right, Illies, bye. Hey.